This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to Ion Foxborough. I'm Karen Garigian. My guest today grew up in New England. His father played for the Patriots. Uh, he attended Zaverian Brothers High School in Westford, went to Boston College, was a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback in the NFL. I am very happy to welcome Matt Hasselbeck to the show. Hello, Matt. What's up, Karen? Hey, Zaverian is in Westwood, not Westford. Well, but, I, uh, I live near Westford, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good because I'm coaching high school football at Zaverian now. So if we throw people off on where we play our home games, then people won't come and scout us like the oh. opponents. So good job. That, that was excellent by you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I see the X. Well, our guests won't, our audience won't see the X on your hat, but uh, you're, you're representing right now with the. With all the- I do right now, I'm just coaching. I'm coaching the quarterbacks. My son's a high school senior. So it's like super awesome to get to coach him this year. It's like uh, really a dream come true. And at the school where I played and the head coach there, Al Fanaro, he actually was coaching there when I was there. So it's uh, like a lot has changed, but a lot has not changed. So it's, it's pretty neat to be a part of it, be a part of the tradition and uh, you know, just kind of pour into these kids and coach. It's a, it's a great, it's a great um, anyone who gets to coach. Like, I think everyone understands it's it's what is like the Peace Corps. They used to say it's the toughest job you'll ever love. It's like uh, to do it well, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, that's great. And uh, best of luck to you and Zaverian uh, this year. Um, I'm guessing uh, you're still paying attention to the NFL and uh, what's going on. And Who isn't? I mean, I Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, is anything <laughs> else going on? Anything? <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, that's the big story <laughs> in the NFL right now. Uh, not the three, three and O teams. It's who Travis Kelsey may or may not be dating. Right. It's pretty funny though. Like just on the business of sports side, because I I've um, I've previously taught a business of sports class at Boston college. And there's so much that goes into it. Never in a million years. Did I think that uh, who the player was dating would be such a big part of it. Like Travis Kelsey, his Jersey sales are skyrocketing. Uh, TV ratings are skyrocketing. Like that demographic that the NFL has always tried to get that they could never get. Um, here it is. So it's, it's sort of, it's sort of hilarious, but it's, it's sort of, uh, sort of awesome. And, and yeah, I'm sure we'll get back to real football here any, <laughs> any minute now, but that was, that was kind of funny last week. I just, it was amazing how, uh, the business of sports, how it just showed up. Well, the, the thing that cracked me up was Bill Belichick engaging in that discussion. <laughs> I mean, we can't get anything out of him, but there he was making a joke. <laughs> it was a great joke. And it was a great joke. And I don't think I don't I mean, I don't know Bill Belichick that well, but all my friends who do know him well, uh, they when they talk about him, it's a such a different 
uh, version of the person you see at the podium. And and maybe you know him better than me, but like it's I think he's I think we sell him short. I think he's really hip. I think he's kind of cool. I think he understands a lot more than he lets on. And I thought that was a, a tremendous joke. Probably the best one I heard this week. Yeah. Well, the players do tell me he's much different and he is really funny. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it. <laughs> well, I just remember, I remember Randy Moss and Teddy Bruschi talking about this Halloween party that Randy Moss wanted to throw when he was playing for the Patriots. And he went up to, you know, Coach Belichick's office and everyone's like, yeah, good luck with that. And, and, you know, Randy, who's full of confidence, went in there kind of shy, like, hey, I don't know, you know, you don't, you know, it's not, a, you know, I'm not sure. And um, Coach Belichick was like, no, no, I, I love Halloween. It's a great holiday. I love it's Halloween. Fun. Great for camaraderie. And he was all in. So I just, not a lot of head coaches would be all in on that kind of stuff during the season, but he was. And he had a great costume too. Uh, I saw video, I saw clips of that, but uh, yeah, it's like, you never know. Uh, I mean, the persona he has uh, post game or at press conferences is uh, not what I would call uh, funny, humorous in any kind of way, but you saw a glimpse of it with the Taylor Swift line. Uh, you know what it reminds me of? Like, just like, cause I played a long time in the NFL and uh, I, when you see your coach out in public, like I remember seeing Mike Holmgren out in public and be like, Oh my gosh, you know, it reminded me of like when I was in high school and I would see one of my teachers out in public. Yeah. So you sort of forget that these are like real people too. You know, it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like this weird thing where you get uncomfortable seeing a teacher or a coach outside of like where you normally see them. And it's like, wait a sec, wh what do you think they do, you know, with the rest of their day and with the rest of their life? Yeah. Well, he was uh, in the most recent game anyway, uh, against the jets, uh, true to his coaching form. Uh, basically uh, the Patriots had to win that game to kind of stay semi-relevant in the end. I know it's only three weeks in, but, Teams don't usually come back from love three. And um, he basically put together a defensive blueprint uh, that got the job done. I mean, Zach Wilson has been spooked plenty of times uh, playing a Belichick defense before, but you have to figure, well, it was his fifth time. Maybe he'd get it. No, he did not get it at all. Uh, so it, it's definitely different playing the Jets with Zach Wilson as opposed to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and listen, it was still a close game. You know, it was still yeah. a close game. I, you know, I'm not I'm not panicking at all on um I'm not panicking at all on the Patriots. The Patriots, I just think offensively, they're a work in progress right now. I think they're going to come along. Uh the Jets thing is just really um it's terrible. Like their quarterback has lost his confidence. I, I think that they're kind of mismanaging him. I think he's mismanaging himself. Um, but that was someone, you know, we, we talked, we kind of make the joke about a Jets quarterback seeing ghosts against the Patriots. That's what it sort of looked like. And it looked like they said to that young quarterback, hey, just don't screw it up. You know, and I think that played into the game plan that the Patriots came with. He, he, they're they're in a just don't screw it up mode. And um, I just think that's a terrible way to that's a terrible way to play quarterback. It, it's a terrible way to to drive a car. I use this analogy all the time. Like when you're driving a car, it's not safer to drive like a 16 and a half year old at driver's ed, 10 and two doing 55 miles an hour 
um, in the middle lane, like you're not safer that way. You're safer sort of trusting your training and, and cutting it loose and just sort of being a little bit on the aggressive side, uh, not reckless, but aggressive. And uh, I think the Jets have just basically taken themselves out of this AFC East race. And it's crazy to say that this early, but, uh, but I think that's just, I think that that's just what happened. And with all of that, they had a chance on a hail Mary, if executed properly at the end of the game, to win it, they really did. But there's not one Jets fan that feels that way right now. And and honestly, I don't think the Jets players feel that way right now. They don't feel like they were one inch away from beating the Patriots, and they were. And so I think sometimes in the NFL, just the mental, like how you look at it, half empty or half full, has a lot to do with how your season's going to go. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, you know uh, the the Jets aren't as bad as they think they are. <laughs> how funny is that? It's interesting you say uh, uh, pay, uh, perspective of the players because at 02, the vibe everyone was getting from Matthew Judon was, you know, we're 0-2 and I know what the record says, but we're not a bad team, you know, and we're going to show it. We just need to fix a few things here or there, but we know, we know we're not a bad team. And I think, you know, beating the Jets, however they did it, uh, you know, kind of confirms the mindset, I guess. And that's a power. And I think that's a powerful thing going forward. Just know as a player, like we never, ever got too caught up in those like statistics. Like, you know, in the last 20 years, teams that start 0 and 2 don't make the Super Bowl. Like we never cared, you know, and we never cared if we were 6 and 0 to start the year. It did, like, does not matter. Like the mindset. And I think some teams do a better job of this than others. The Patriots do a great job of this. It, the mindset is we're trying to go one and zero each week. It does not matter what you did last week. It doesn't matter what you did two weeks ago. And for for darn sure, it like does not matter what happened the last three years, the last five years. Like no no one cares about that besides the media and fans in the locker room. You are not. You don't even. You don't even know about that stuff. You're just locked in on your task and what you're trying to attack usually as an offense like the defensive coordinator that you're going against that's all you really care about so like to start oh and two in that mindset of matthew judon matthew judon you know, he's a baller he's got confidence in himself i think he's got confidence in his defense and i think he's got confidence in the coaching staff that they have now to like I think, like I said, a work in progress offensively that come late November, this thing could be rolling, run game, tight end game, spreading the ball around, and they know who they are, um, you know, what their identity is as a defense. I think they, I think they believe, I think they know that they're capable of having a good year this year. I can move, you know, move that over to Mac Jones and most of us who you know, cover the team and watched him through training camp saw a different Mac than we saw last year. And, and that's in a positive way. You know, he seemed more at ease, more comfortable with what they were doing, more comfortable with his coach. And, you know, in the first two games, his performances have been a little bit uneven, but they still watching him he seems more like the Mac we saw from, from the first year. And I think, I think that's going to be a good thing for the Patriots going forward. Once they get it all together offensively, agree, disagree. I mean, he's still a young player. I was really impressed with him his first year. Um, 
thought he did the best year of any rookie quarterback by far. He did a great job. Last year, he did not have a good year. And I, I've not been bashful at all about saying why I think that is. I think they completely mismanaged the, the coaching of the quarterback position last year. I thought it was a huge fail. And um, quite honestly, I was surprised. I don't know what, what all went into it, but it was a huge fail um, how they handled that situation. But, you know, fast forward this year, they go Bill O'Brien, proven guy, probably the perfect guy to pair with Mac Jones. He's still a young quarterback. And so I just think that this is going to have to be one of those teams that uh, as your young quarterback is developing and learning and growing and developing poise and maturity, um, your defense might have to carry them for a little bit. But at some point, they're going to need Mac Jones to be one of the best quarterbacks in that division. And that's tough now because that division, you know, Josh Allen, he's talented to us, probably playing better than any quarterback right now. And so uh, they're going to need him to step up at some point. But right now, I just think it's, uh, like I said, it's a work in progress. I think they're trying to figure out what their identity is going to be. I think running the ball, uh, multiple tight end sets, multiple running backs, that's going to be the identity of this of this team, of this offense. And then hopefully they can stay healthy at key positions while they're trying to do it. When you, when you obviously you were a quarterback and you probably had, you know, guys you trusted, you know, in key situations, uh, go-to guy on third, third down. I, I like to refer to it as having a binky, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, you know, when Tom Brady was here, he had different guys that, you know, whether it was Gronk, Julian Edelman, you know, there was already always somebody you kind of knew he would look to in the, in the key situations. The past three years for Mac Jones, that person was Jacoby Myers. Um, he was the chain mover. Uh, he was the guy, you know, Mac would look to to bail him out of cert certain situations. Obviously, he's he's signed a, a free agent deal with the Raiders. Uh, he's been replaced, well, sort of by Juju Smith-Schuster because Juju plays in the slot. Thus far, we haven't seen Mac. I mean, it's only three games in, you know, have a connection with somebody in those must situations. Does a quarterback need to have that guy or form something with that guy? No doubt. A hundred percent. And I've had years where it doesn't always have to be the same guy every year, uh, kind of depending on what the trends are in the league. And I don't think it needs to be a wide receiver either. That's, you know, I think back to some of the great quarterbacks that have played the guys that I looked up to. Sometimes it was the tight end. You know, there's nothing wrong with making the tight end that guy. And sure, the first guy that comes to mind with Brady is Edelman. But like, don't forget, sometimes it was James White. You know, and, and sometimes it was Gronk. I mean, truthfully, I think Gronk was that guy for Brady, maybe even more than uh, people give him credit for. Critical, critical situations. Who am I starting my progression with? And I, so I, I think Hunter Henry can be that guy. I know that I know I've seen that rapport there. Um, I think Kaseki is a real weapon in the passing game as well. So, you know, I don't think it just needs to be a wide receiver. And, and just looking at the, I don't want to say talent, but just kind of looking at the experience and just what you see on this roster. Um, I think the tight ends in the passing game are a real strength. It's a real strength. And people don't have that. You know, if you look around the league, it's it's mostly they're, um, you know, they're putting their money and they're putting all their chips on wide receiver stuff. 
And uh, I think tight ends are, are, are probably an underutilized weapon um, in the NFL right now. When it comes to developing chemistry or, you know, having a connection with a receiver or tight end or whatever, does it kind of depend on the player? You know, sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's not, because we're not seeing it right now with Mac and, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's it's usually I don't want to say it's like love at first sight, but like it can be that, you know, I I played with a guy named Brandon Stokely. We signed him on a Wednesday. I think it was he started for us on a Sunday. It was just like it was just everyone in the building was like this guy is he just gets it. He's very decisive. I think that's probably the word that I would use decisive um, receivers, tight ends, anybody that they're very decisive in their routes. They're easy to read. Some of it's like uh, just buying into what the coach is asking them to do too. understanding the freedom that you do and the freedom that you don't have within a, within a route concept. But um, no, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not math. You know, there's, there's some guys that are great in one system, struggle in another. Like that's a real thing. Uh, I remember we, we had Dion, uh, we traded for Dion branch one year, Tom Brady's maybe favorite receiver he's ever played with. Like he and he and Dion had just like this amazing connection. Dion got to Seattle. I struggled with Dion at first. Mm-hmm. Like I loved him as a person. He was a great teammate. Everything was great. But for whatever reason, like we weren't connecting. I don't know what it was. Um, and and there were guys I had great connection with. Um, so it it just it 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 came eventually, but it was it wasn't as natural. And uh, and I don't really have a great explanation for it. It's just uh, that's why they call it chemistry, I guess. Yeah. Well, again, I, I think the Patriots are, are working things out offensively. They're working out, you know, who, who is the best third down back, you know, because, you know, they have Ramondre and they have Zeke. Um, but again, it, we just haven't seen a James White type, of, you know, emerge or a Kevin Falk type or, you know, they've always had that third down back and it just hasn't been there. Between that, uh Mac establishing his go-to guy, if that's Hunter Henry, and and perhaps again getting on the same page with Juju and so on and so forth. I think I think one of the things that's going to happen this year is the Patriots. And it's a great thing. The Patriots look like they're going to spread it around. It's going to be a committee. Like the ball will find you. You guys just do your job. Do your job right. The ball will find you. The cream rises to the to the top. Kind of kind of stuff. And. While you're doing that, like while you're spreading it around, you might you know, look at the stat sheet at the end of the day and be like, oh, man, like this person's really productive. This person is a weapon for us. And you might not even notice it. You might not set out to do that. But I think that's what's so great about spreading the ball around. And I think um, Patrick Mahomes did a great job of it last year, spreading the ball around. And then after a little while, you're like, wait a sec. Now you got to defend this person as well. And so I think that's what you're going to see out of the Patriots. Um, it, and, I, and I think it's actually going to make them more dangerous as an offense as the year goes. Yeah. What would also help too is having a little more continuity. And as you know, they've regained some health with the offensive line. And I think that's been a big issue the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. But I thought the protection was much better. You know, Trent Brown was back. They had Unwenu uh, playing in his second game. And I, I just think once the, the, the issues with the offensive line resolve, and it seems they're headed in that direction, the more we'll see from the offense. 
Yeah, and you know those big call sheets that you see those offensive call, uh, off, offensive coordinators have. Um, I know for us, like when I was playing, you know, if if we had one of the five offensive linemen that we didn't fully fully trust, we would basically just chop a good portion of that offensive playbook away. Just take it out. It's out. It's out this game. Seven step drops. They're out. You know, you're allowed three of them. Okay. Or, you know, whatever it is, um, we got to leave guys in to help protect. And so that can really, that can really handcuff an offense as well. And has nothing to do with what you feel your quarterback can do or your skill guys can do. It's just sometimes about not being healthy up front. I want to move back to Mac specifically. And the league was looking into, uh, you know, what Sauce Gardner called the low blow <laughs> in a scrum. And, you know, Chris Long came out and said he believes that Mac is one of the five dirtiest quarterbacks in the league. I guess there isn't much you can do when you're a quarterback if you do have that <laughs> reputation. Or how do you handle some? How does Mac handle something like that? Well, I mean, the league does a pretty good job of like uh, using video evidence and all this kind of stuff. They also are really big on like kind of the repeat offender type thing, you know, so if there's multiple offenses or like something like that, you know, so, you know, in this situation, there's a saying in the film room, the eye in the sky don't lie, you know, so like there's film out there, um, you know, so like a, a fine could be coming his way if uh, if the NFL deems that what Sauce Gardner is saying is legit. But no, I, I think that's, um you know, I think that just goes probably back into the maturity and the poise. And um, like, I get it. The fans and your team gets excited when the quarterback gets like angry and trash talking. I used to do the same thing. So I'm kind of in a glass house throwing rocks right now. <laughs> but but really what your team needs from you is high level quarterback play. That's all they really need from you. They don't need you to headbutt your teammate in the huddle. You know, like they don't need you to spike the ball aggressively after you score. Like you can do that, whatever you want to do. But like, that's not what we need. We need third down conversions. We need in the red zone touchdowns, not field goals. Like that's what we need. We don't need you yelling at the ref. We have a head coach for that. You know, like we don't need you. Like, so we don't need you getting in somebody's face on defense at the bottom of a pile, you know, we just don't need it. You know, what we need is like a top five quarterback. That's what we're used to. And so like, you know, whatever, you know, whatever happens with that other stuff. Um, but don't forget, like the main thing needs to be the main thing, you know, delivering the ball where it needs to be stuff like that. Is it easy or hard to kind of tame those competitive juices? Cause I know Mac is extremely competitive and you know, he, he was fighting for extra yard in that particular play with sauce Gardner. You know, he was trying to get a first down and, and scrapping and fighting for every inch. And then, you know, one thing happened to, you know, it just sort of transpired from there. Is it in the heat of a moment? Is it hard to kind of tame your competitiveness in those situations? Uh, I just think it kind of comes back to like, understand who you are. You know, that kind of stuff happens in the bottom of the pile all the time. I mean, I, I was talking yesterday, Terrell Suggs got me, we were playing Baltimore, Rex Ryan's the D coordinator, bottom of the pile, like stuff happened. That's definitely illegal. Right. But like, no one's going to know, 
but you're the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. You kind of engage in that same kind of stuff. Everyone's going to know, you know, it's like a, it's a thing. So I don't know. It's just, like I said, I'm a little bit in a glass house because I feel like I was Mac, especially early in my career, talking smack to every, I mean, I was talking smack to my friends, like literally my best friends, you know, like dudes, I'd be like, meeting up with afterwards talking smack like i was in the you know the street in front of my house like as a kid so i get it but like if that's what get kind of gets you going fine maybe but ultimately it's not really about that what it's about is is really executing at a high level and um you know if you don't want the extra attention i guess just i guess the advice would be understand who you are you know understand who you are uh, some quarterbacks don't do a good job of that at the podium. I think Mac does a great job of that at the podium. We saw a quarterback last week say, you know, they said, oh, you're not, I'm not playing. He said, I'm not playing well. And I think it's because of the coaching. It was like, what are you doing? Like, understand Justin the power Fields. of, <laughs> yeah, understand the power of your words because you're the starting quarterback. It's, it's different than if you were playing a different position. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, we're, it's so early, but do you think if things come together for the Patriots, obviously their defense is kind of ahead of the offense right now, but they, they're playing one of the toughest, if not the toughest schedule, but do you see them in the mix for a playoff spot? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and you know, like the weather was bad last week too. So, uh, you know, let's like, there's, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, what last week was like, but no, I I certainly do. The question for me is, can the Patriots win this division? Like, that's the big question And and forever, like forever, it was just like a given, this was their division. It was just a given, you know, like, okay, now the only question with the Patriots was, are they going to have home field advantage throughout that? Those days are over. Now we're in a world where it'll be an upset if the Patriots win their division, but could they do it? For sure. They could do it. Buffalo has issues. They have ball security issues. Miami is off to a hot start. They have in the past have have had availability issues at the quarterback position. And, you know, I think everyone's hoping that that's not the case, but that's a real thing. And, um, and, and, you know, I don't, at some point, I think the NFL will catch up to the Miami Dolphins and what they're doing offensively. But right now, the Miami Dolphins are light years ahead of these defenses in terms of what they're doing formationally, motion, yards after the catch, run game, screen game. Uh, it reminds me of what the Kansas City Chiefs have been doing to people where it's like, you don't even know where the ball is but by the time someone scores a touchdown. It's uh, it's really impressive. But it's the NFL. You got you got a lot of time to figure some of this stuff out and get it coached up. And um, and there's a lot of football left to play. Yeah, it, it's interesting that it was the Patriots who seemed to have the best handle on Miami thus far. I mean, basically, you know, Bill eliminated uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, 40 yards, right? And, you know, basically put it on everybody else on the Dolphins to beat them. And they did. But uh, I think you're right. You know, eventually teams will figure it out or the better defenses or the better defensive minds will figure it out. Uh, And 
you know, bring Miami's offense back to earth a little bit, right? Um, what did you think of them putting 70 on the on the doll on the, the Broncos? It was amazing. I mean, it was I was texting my brother the entire game. Like, did you see that play? Did you see that play? Like I had to rewind some of those plays like three or four times just to see, like, where did that guy come from? Um, what they're doing, what Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins are doing, they're doing things that are that are uh, traditionally nevers in the NFL. Like, for example, like you can see a formation and you could say when the guy's lined up there, he never does this. But they're doing it. So they're taking all those things that you think as a defender you can hang your hat on. Oh, it's never that. And it is that. And then they have so much speed. And that the, the time that they're uh, basically from the time they motion to the time they snap the ball, there's very, 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 very little time for a defensive player to process what's about to happen. So they're they're just I guess the best way to say it is they are so offensive on offense and there's a lot of offenses who you know and I would put the Patriots in this category it's not necessarily a bad thing it's kind of like the old Tom Landry way it's like all right I'm going to get under center I'm going to wait and see what the defense is doing and then I will do something based on that the Miami Dolphins do not give a rip what the defense is doing they're doing whatever they want to do and they're on offense and they're aggressive and um it's it's like super fun and they scored 70 but karen they they could have scored more than 70 if they really wanted to i mean i think they could have scored 100 points that day if they wanted my guess is uh the quarterback in you would have would have loved to be the quarterback of that type of offense you'd love to step in and Jeez. No doubt. No doubt. And listen, like, so what happens now, what happens in the NFL is like, you know, this, like whoever's playing the Miami Dolphins, um, there's a scout team and the scout team, wide receivers and quarterbacks. I, I promise you, they are lining up. They are so excited to play against their starting defense in this Miami offense. The, the, there's a wide receiver on the, their next opponent who's like, can I please be Tyreek Hill? Can I please be that guy? Can I please be Tua? Like, and then, then you get to play like them with anticipation, throwing with no conscience. Like it, it's a lot of fun. Like I remember early in my career, I was with the Packers and I remember getting to play, you know, the Vikings offense with Randy Moss or getting to play the Niners offense with T.O. Like there were certain people that you just wanted to be those guys. And no, no doubt right now, the, the Tyreek, the Mike McDaniel show, that's, that's the offense right now. That's really fun. Yeah. Well, uh, I just want to wrap this up and I appreciate your time, but uh, what kind of offense do we see from Zavarian? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say we are stealing a couple plays from the Miami Dolphins this week. Uh, uh, we, we, we steal some plays, you know, the Cowboys have some plays we're stealing. I love the Eagles. They got some stuff. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, best of luck with that, Matt. And uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to be on the podcast with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>